Where did that come from? The Boston Celtics flip it on the Denver Nuggets and run away with a game that didn't look like they were going to win. And I'm going to talk about it on a Monday Lockdown Celtics. Millie, let's go. Jay's back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing, wherever you are going with this show in your ear, thank you for taking me along with you. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Subscribe with the promo code Corrales. You're going to get five bucks off an annual subscription. And I've written a book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, the book you can get now wherever books are sold online. So uh, that was fun. Boston Celtics beat the Denver Nuggets 105-87 in a game that they trailed by 14 with a couple of minutes to go in the – not even a couple of minutes to go in the third quarter. Like in a span of three minutes that – overlapped the third and fourth the third and fourth quarter the Boston Celtics erased a 14 point deficit took a lead and then ran away with this game it was unlike anything i've ever seen this run that the Celtics have, have been on and and really when you i think bob ryan tweeted it out the last time the Celtics did this was was like decades ago. And so the Celtics just took over. And I, I don't even know I don't even know what to say. I really don't know what to say other than the Boston Celtics won. They are now tied for uh, fifth place in the East in a three-way tie. Uh, and they just move they just keep on moving they just keep on pressing forward they're 28 and 26 two games above 500 they're tied with Charlotte Miami and um Charlotte and Miami no and at this point I'm recording this as Miami is taking it to the Portland Trailblazers but hey by the time this show is over I don't know maybe maybe this game will will finish and we'll have a better idea so I'm going to break it down like this. I'll talk about the I'm not going to do good, bad, and whatever, because this game requires something different. Uh, the I'm going to get into the, the stretch, this pivotal stretch, the, the 15-0 run right away. And then in the second segment, I'll get into some of the individual performers. And then segment three, I, I need to address the this notion that Brad has lost his team. Like, if you still think after this game that Brad has lost his team, then I'm sorry, you're not a critical thinker. You're just parroting people on sports talk radio and you're not really watching or paying attention because they don't really watch or pay attention. 
for the most part. There might be like one or two that do. But all of this talk that, oh, Brad lost his team and I've been railing against it, I'm going to talk about it in the third segment. And I'm, I'm very fired up about it. <laughs> Obviously, you can tell. But I'm going to wait for 20 minutes and then I'm going to talk about it. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So this game was very much in Denver's control. Uh, the Celtics could not hit a shot early on, but they, they kept it close. And they, they hit a ton of free throws, which is very out of the ordinary for the Celtics. They went to the line 23 times in this, and they hit 20. In the first half, they were 13 of 16. So in the second half, it's funny. In the second half, they were making their run, and they weren't getting to the line. But in the first half, the free throws were keeping them kind of close. And so Denver never got a lead bigger than 14. The Celtics were hanging around. You heard Scal say, hey, look, the Celtics are a runaway from turning this thing around. And obviously he was right because they put a run together and they turned the thing around. But it looked early on that this was going to be a a cold shooting, keep it close, but never really make any sort of noise kind of game. It felt like Nikola Jokic was going to be, you know, uh, he's going to show us that he was a real MVP. And and he did that for that uh, third quarter that he had was just insane where he had 14 points, five assists, and four rebounds. That was a ridiculous third quarter. And consider that that line where he had, you know, overall he had 17 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, triple-double, but like most of that damage was in the third quarter. And, and in that third quarter, I was like, well, this is done. The, the Celtics are, are just going to lose to a better team. I was perfectly fine with that. Nothing was going to bother me about that game. I thought the Celtics played well enough. Uh, they they were missing a ton of shots. They were missing a ton of threes. And I was fully prepared for this game to go down the road of Jokic is an MVP, the Nuggets are better, and the Celtics just stay. This is where they are. But they ne- the, the Nuggets never really got any distance between them and the Celtics. Aaron Gordon... I, I don't even remember him doing anything. Michael Porter Jr. was 1 of 12 from 3. This follows a game where Michael Porter Jr. was 0 for everything in Boston. So two straight games against the Celtics where MPJ was just a, a basically, uh, I, I don't want to say nothing because he had 22 points, but like 1 of 12 from 3. Was that that's bad? He still had you know eleven rebounds. He was he was out there. He was doing things, and he was still a net positive. But this was this was not a good performance. You know, one of twelve from three, especially from from Michael Porter Jr. is that that's a horrible game. So Porter Gordon did nothing. Uh, Jamichael Green was Jamichael Green was so bad that he was he was Boston's MVP. Is that's how bad he was. And I'll tell you, this gets me into what I want to talk about right away. In the third quarter, the the Nuggets pushed their lead up to 14 with 217 to go. Facundo Campazzo, who's my favorite name to say in the NBA, hit a three, 
With 217 to go, it was 79-65. Then, with 144 left in the third quarter, Jermichael Green travels. Okay? Jalen Brown, on the other side, gets a layup. Fine. Cut it to, uh, at that point, thir- uh, 12. Then, Compazzo turns it over. The Celtics start switching everything. This is, a, this is a, an adjustment from Brad Stevens. The Celtics start switching everything. Denver gets a little bit confused. And that in, in a, a play there with 116 to go, Compazzo basically tries a behind-the-back pass to Jokic. He's thinking that Jokic is going to be a certain place. Jokic is rolling. Compazzo is not expecting it. And so the, Kemba Walker gets it. Next thing you know, it's a 10-point game. Then Compazzo turns it over again. Jalen Brown finishes a layup. Now it's an eight-point game. The Celtics are starting to chip away. And remember, this all started with 144 to go when Denver was up 14. So basically, by the time Jalen hits that first layup, it's a minute and a half to go. And what are the components of a run? Defensive stops, conversions on the other end, hustle, 50-50 balls, a little bit of luck, all of that stuff. Celtics had it all in that run. This three minutes of basketball changes the entire thing. Jermichael Green, with 34 seconds to go, commits an offensive foul. Then, with five and a half seconds to go, it goes down as a block, but Kemba Walker really strips Will Barton. It goes down the other end, gets fouled on a layup, and one, 79-74. It's a five-point game going into the fourth quarter. Now, Denver's reeling. This is a critical juncture here. Denver's like, oh crap, we've just pissed away a 14-point lead. Jokic is on the bench for most of it. It's now five. Okay, you're up five against the Celtics. You're at home. No problem, right? You should be able to, to, to come out of this. Now we're in make-miss territory. 11 and a half minutes to go. Jalen Brown hits a jumper in the lane. This comes after... Denver misses a couple of shots. Half a sec, half a minute later, there the Nuggets are the Celtics defend the Nuggets like crazy. Have one of their best defensive possessions of the game. This is the eleven oh seven mark. Monte Morris misses a jumper. He takes a jumper with four seconds left. The Nuggets started this possession. They were already over half court with twenty two on the shot clock and starting to move the ball. The Celtics are playing defense for the entire. 18 seconds of this, like almost the entire shot clock, defending their asses off, switching, doing a good job switching. Uh, There was one early one where Brad, it it involved Romeo and Tristan Thompson. You can hear Brad yell, switch from the bench, and they're like, oh yeah. Uh, But the Celtics defended like crazy, and this was the 50-50 ball. This is where Grant Williams saves it. It goes in front of Jermichael Green again. He doesn't step towards the ball. He doesn't go get the ball. Grant Williams out-hustles him, saves it. It turns into a layup on the other end. All of a sudden, it's a one-point game. Then, and this is the biggest play of the whole night, Jermichael Green misses a three-pointer. Romeo Langford gets the ball and goes the other way. And instead of defending Romeo Langford, Jermichael Green decides that he's going to foul, okay? Langford gets the rebound with momentum, and he just takes off. 
Green has an angle. Green has a way to get in front of him. He's taller than Romeo Lankford. He's in position. And instead of squaring up and just going up and contesting the shot, he decides to foul and push Romeo to the floor. Now, he's lucky this wasn't even reviewed for a flagrant. I don't know how that wasn't reviewed for a flagrant. I wouldn't be surprised if they upgrade that to a flagrant one. But regardless, that play right there is the game. To me, it was, at that point, 79-78 Denver. Ten and a half minutes to go. You've given up your entire lead. You just missed the shot and Boston's got momentum. If Denver blocks that shot, causes a miss, causes a turnover, gets down the other way, gets a layup, all of a sudden they're up three. Now Boston's hanging their head. Okay, Denver gets back some of the momentum. Huge swing there. Then, pretty soon after that, Nikola Jokic is coming back in. And if you can have Jokic coming back in with a lead, now he's the closer. Like, all right, here we go. Let's play it off of me. I'm going to fling my plat- my passes all over the court, and we're going we're gonna to close this out. By the time Jokic checks in, at that point, it's 85-80. Tatum's got a three-point uh, three free throws, and at that at that point, the, the 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 wheels are already off. The rest of the Nuggets are just they're toast. But it goes to this play with Green, where he decides to just out of frustration, and he's pissed off. He's having a horrible game. He played terribly. That frustration foul gives Boston the lead. Psychologically, for Boston, you're getting now now you're in, you're in front. All of your hard work is validated. The, the, the momentum is there. You watch that play. You see guys jumping off of the bench. Guys are going from the back line of the bench out to the baseline so they can help him up. The Celtics have all of the energy right there. Denver has lost all of their... There's no composure, nothing. And that's just Jermichael Green's decision to... Commit that foul because he's pissed. He's he's committed a travel, an offensive foul, missed shots. He's having a horrible game, and he takes it out on Langford. This is the difference in NBA games. This stuff right here. All of the Celtics' momentum could have been changed if Green just defends in that spot, and he didn't. Before I wrap it up, the 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 one last thing here. The Celtics, I want to give them credit for not getting complacent. About three and a half minutes left, Brad Stevens calls a good timeout because uh, finally Michael Porter Jr. gets a three-point play. He gets a, a he hits a shot. He gets fouled. The game, it's an 11-point game. And three and a half minutes ago, Scal's on the broadcast saying, this game is over. And I'm like, no, buddy. No, we just saw them blow this exact lead, an 11-point game, with three minutes to go against against Minnesota. You don't think Denver can come back? And Boston starts to, to, to regress into some old habits. They start to hunt a three. Kemba Walker misses a three. It looks like they're going for the knockout three. Brad Stevens has three timeouts left. We're heading into that three-minute mark. Super smart by Brad Stevens to call a timeout there. It's a use-it-or-lose-it timeout. After the three-minute mark, you can only have two timeouts. And he had three at that point. 
So he was going to lose that timeout anyway. The Celtics get the offensive rebound off the missed three-pointer. Brad Stevens calls the timeout, settles his team down. Instead of them jacking up another three, because he knows that they love to do that, what do they do? Out of the break, out of the, the uh, out of timeout play, Jason Tatum gets a dunk. They were attacking the whole game, especially in the second half. The attacking is what did it, and then they turned around, and the attacking in that moment closed things out. A wild game, and uh, I, I love the nitty-gritty of like the, those little plays that can swing. Even after it was a, a 13-0 run, the, that, those last two for Boston really changed the entire complexion. And that timeout by Brad Stevens just kind of crushed any possibility of Denver coming back. Not that they really were going to come back, but I'll get to some more of the uh, individual performances when I come back here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. For those of you who don't know me, uh, once upon a time, I was a hiring manager back in a TV station in Boston. I remember getting resumes, stacks of resumes, and hiring was just extraordinarily difficult. I did not like the interview process. It's hard to find somebody good. There's a lot of pressure on you to find somebody that's good, and people can just make themselves look better than they really are. You need some help. Indeed is the job site that actually makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. I wish I had this back when I was doing it. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately. An Indeed skills test that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. That's a lot. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests and add your own if you'd like. Then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applicants that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Like, ever of all time. I've never had a protein bar that tastes better than what I've been getting at Built Bar. Sometimes I cannot believe how good it tastes. It feels like I'm having a candy bar as a snack. I'm not. I'm having a protein bar. The flavors are amazing. They come in uh, flavors without nuts. If you've got an allergy, if you have what you want, you like coconut, what do you like fruit? You got all sorts of different options. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew. They're great if you're health conscious, if you're on a keto diet. Just look at the Cherry Barcia, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 14 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Delicious, nutritious. Take one with you to the gym. Take one with you to work. Have one as a snack. Have one as a meal replacement. They're all, all of those options are great. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. 
try one of these flavors that, that you've seen, that you've heard me mention, get an assorted box, pick a flavor that you like, go back, use the promo code LOCK15 again, you'll get 15% off every time with the promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Congrats to Hideki Matsuyama for winning the Masters. You know, that's going to be something that's covered on the Locked On Today podcast. All the latest news, every major sport, whatever it is, the big stories, get caught up on everything with Peter Bukowski and Locked On Network's host of local experts, it's all on Locked On Today. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on Audacity or wherever you get your podcasts. So individually, the Celtics got some great performances. Very obviously, uh, Jason Tatum, who checked in with about nine, about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, scored 10 straight points for the Celtics, finished with 28 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, a steal. Jalen Brown, his third quarter, was was great. He he finishes now with 20 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, but his third quarter, 12 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists. Huge, very huge uh especially in that in that run. Uh by the way, Tatum's fourth quarter was 14 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists. Whew. Um Grant Williams and Romeo Langford need special recognition, especially because uh, Grant Williams has has gotten a lot of crap from people over the the you know the, the the past few months and I think now I understand Grant Williams has not been great this year uh, his numbers don't look good you can say hey look look at his year to year to year um performance and you, oh yeah that's that's not great I really do believe that Grant Williams and second year players in general I, I haven't looked at this uh, overall but I wouldn't be surprised if second year players in general have struggled but Grant Williams, I think, has been really, really impacted by the whole short turnaround and all of that stuff. And I've, I've talked about that here on the podcast before. But, you know, he, he was supposed to be like the small ball five was what he was last year. And this year they asked him to do something different. He didn't get a summer league and all of the homework that you normally get from the team to, to do something new as a second year player. And so he struggled. But. What was he in this game? Small ball five. Right in his wheelhouse. He guarded uh, Jokic and got under Jokic's skin, got you know into Jokic, into Jokic's body, used his strength, used his lower center of gravity, did a decent job. Jokic at that point was frustrated, and Grant kind of exacerbated that a little bit. Jokic got into... You know, was very upset with the refs, and he let that get to him. And that was, I, I think, the Celtics, and I think Grant Williams did a good job kind of like picking at that. Romeo Langford did a great job. Jermichael Green, that, that first travel that, that Jermichael Green committed, only was it only preceded an offensive foul. Like, there were two offensive fouls that Romeo Langford took in that, that stretch. One of them was negated by a travel that Green committed before he actually committed the offensive foul. Uh, Romeo did a great job, and of course that rebound and uh, coast to coast, the 
attack. He did uh, he, he did a very good job in this game. And you look at both of their numbers and you say, all right, well, he, they didn't do much. Grant Williams had two points. Romeo Langford, Romeo Langford had five points. Okay, he had five rebounds, but like, big deal. But you know who the two pl- biggest plus minus guys were? Grant Williams and Romeo Langford. They were on the floor when Boston was making that big run. Were they directly responsible for all of that big run? No, but they were doing positive things. And this is the underrated stuff that they they do. Brad Stevens afterwards was like, yeah, th- these guys did their jobs. This is what they were supposed to do. You look at the box score and you say, wow, okay, Jalen 20, Jason 28, Smart had 14, Kemba had 14, Robert Williams had 10. That's that's all your double-digit double scoring there. You look at the bench, Romeo had five, Tristan had nine, Neesmith hit a garbage time three. Like there's, there's no real production off of the bench, but Boston's bench did a really, really good job defending and doing all of the little things that were necessary to win this game. Uh, the Celtics, great job attacking. 19 of 26 in the restricted area. Taking advantage of a Nuggets team that's not known for its rim protection. Uh, here's the, the breakdown. First half, the Celtics, 11 shots at the rim, 17 three-pointers. In the second half, in the second half, 15 shots at the rim, 16 three-pointers. So almost even. But the fourth quarter breakdown, eight shots at the rim, six three-pointers. Now, this highlights the hierarchy. Layups, free throws, three-pointers. That's everybody wants those things. In that order, get get to the rim, either get fouled, get three-point play or get fouled and get two free throws. But if the defense collapses, then you kick it out to three. In the first quarter, the Celtics were getting three-pointers, but they were not really attacking kind of three-pointers, and they were one of nine. They didn't shoot well at all in this in this game from three anyway. In the second quarter, they were one of eight, but those eight three-pointers were better quality. They were attacking. And the Celtics were still nine of 18 in that in that quarter. So they hit they hit eight of ten from two and they were really attacking. In the third quarter and fourth quarter, they they ramped up the aggression. And that's something that the Celtics really need to really need to to, to keep going with. And as Brad Stevens said the other day, they it's not like they don't want to get to the rim. Like dunking is fun. <laughs> it's not like they don't want to go there and dunk the ball and, and get these layups and get easy shots and easy points. They don't always they, they can't always get to the rim. There are, there are going to be teams that are going to prevent them from getting to the rim. Fine. Doesn't mean you don't have that mentality. Doesn't mean that you don't get into the paint and then collapse and kick. The one thing about the Celtics in these past few games is that they've been attacking a lot more. They've been collapsing and kicking. Now, I don't care if the Celtics take 53 pointers. I really don't care if they take 53 pointers. Now, they were 7 of 33 in this game. Okay, 33 is not a bad number either. If they're getting them the right way, this is the league right now. And now, I'm an old school guy, but I understand today's NBA. Like, 33, 
three-pointers is actually probably, when you look at it, a low number. Now, they didn't get a ton of shots anyway, so they had 87 shots in this game. So 33 three-pointers like in relation to 87 shots is you know, a pretty good percentage. Like Denver shot 34 threes and took 88 shots. This was a, a slow pace game. Uh, this wasn't a lot of up and down. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of free uh, field goal attempts. But it doesn't matter if you actually take the layup. It doesn't matter if you actually take the three. It's all about working the ball around, getting that ball movement, and all of that stuff. So Celtics did have 20 assists. So um, getting up over that 20 numbers is, is good. They could have moved the ball a little bit more. That's okay. So individually, uh, the other, the last one I want to mention is is Tristan Thompson. Another tough game, another tough start for Robert Williams, and this just continues continues to bring up that conversation that I had before. Like, do you start Rob? Do you bring him off the bench? Do you do it by matchup? It, the the evidence is piling up that the matchups are the way to go. Like you just got to look at it and say maybe maybe Rob off the bench has value. And this is just another another I'm not going to belabor this point, but after a few games of hey, this is great, you know, Robert Williams is the starter is awesome. Now we're seeing a little bit more back down to earth. Uh he he had a a good second half and I I don't I don't want to say this is why I didn't want to do good and bad and all that stuff. I, I, I put people in the bad category and I get a, I get crap from people. He wasn't bad in the second half. He was perfect from the field. I thought he did a, a good job in the second half. In the first half, a little more problematic for him. And you you saw Tristan Thompson get get plenty of time there. And I thought Tristan Thompson did a good job uh, mostly. But uh, it's it's an interesting conversation, and and curious to see how that's going to go moving forward, when and especially when we get into the playoffs. All right, up next, Brad Stevens. For the for the Brad haters, you're going to hate this. You're going to hate what I'm about to say. So get ready, <laughs> get ready for that. A bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Uh, you could have bet on the Masters. That that would have been uh, fun. Some people love betting on golf. Uh, plenty NHL, baseball, there's plenty to bet on. Awards TV shows, reality TV, if you're into that kind of stuff, you can bet on that uh, as well at Bet Online. They've got real-time updated odds, props on everything, like crazy prop bets. So go to Bet Online, head to the website, use your mobile device, use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, whatever you drop in there, 200 bucks, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus of $100 as uh, a thank you from Bet Online. So check them out. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. It's free to sign up with that promo code locked on. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft. 
with the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, everything you need to know about the guys that are going in the lottery, everybody in the draft, four days a week from credential draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get your podcasts. So the Celtics have now won, what, what is it, five of six? They are uh, in fourth, fifth. Miami's still 16 up on, on Portland. They're, they're going to beat Portland. So the the Celtics are going to be in the sixth seed at this point when Miami wins and they go to 28 and 25. So Atlanta's 29 and 25. Miami will be 28 and 25, a half game back. And then Charlotte, Boston, and no, it's going to be Charlotte and Boston, uh, a half game behind Miami. So still right there, still in the mix. The Celtics have won. Uh, it's really seven of ten. They've won three in a row. Only three teams in the East have won seven of ten, and that's Brooklyn, Atlanta, Boston. The Celtics have a positive point differential. They're plus two. They are, um, and that's what, fifth best in the East. They are, I don't want to say turning it around, but it could be a turnaround. This could be part of it. The Celtics are winning games that they didn't win earlier this year, right? That Knicks game, that's not a game they would have won. The Minnesota game, we saw that game happen over and over again where the Celtics just sucked and then ended up losing. And then this game, no way do they pull off a 31-3 to run anywhere before this game this season. So the Celtics have won three straight games that they wouldn't have won. Guarantee you wouldn't have won earlier this season because we saw them lose all of these types of games. And, well, look, they're playing Portland. Miami is crushing Portland right now. Why can't the Celtics go in there and beat Portland. They might. The Lakers don't have LeBron. They don't have Anthony Davis. So that's a game that they might get. All of a sudden, this was a stretch. When I was originally breaking this down, I said the Celtics needed to do do extraordinarily well in this homestand because this is going to be like an 0-3 road trip. Denver's too good. Portland's too good. The Lakers are too good. And now things are breaking Boston's way. All of a sudden, things are breaking Boston's way. So is this a turnaround? Hard to say, but it could be. It feels like it might be. And so as I wrote on Boston Sports Journal, I'm not ready to take a victory lap just yet, but I've got my running shoes on. I'm stretching. I'm ready because... I've been saying all along, all along, that these Celtics have something there. They still have the possibility of something in them that can turn this stuff around. And I've been getting crap from it, from saying this all over the place. But it doesn't come from it. You heard my, um, my, my conversation with Tom Westerholm. It doesn't come from a place where I'm just making that up. It's not just blind faith. It's I actually believe that 
they have this potential in them. And I think that they can, this, this might be the beginning of an actual honest to goodness turnaround for the Boston Celtics. So we'll see. I could be wrong. I'm certainly, I've been wrong before, but I feel pretty good. I'm starting to feel kind of validated for the things that I've said coming along here. Tatum is playing really well. Jalen Brown's playing really well. Kemba Walker, his finishing at the rim. Remember earlier this year when he couldn't finish at the rim? His, before the All-Star break, his shooting percentage in in the uh, restricted area, within five feet, was 54%. Post-All-Star break, it's 73%. He's finishing at the rim. Like, Kemba is slowly coming back. Now, in the first half of this game, still not great. And there's a conversation to be had about Kemba Walker and how best to use him. Like, I'm not saying that he's Charlotte Kemba or the the first half of last year Kemba, but he's getting better. And you know what else is getting better? Brad Stevens, who really, honestly, it's not that he's getting better. It's that the guys are getting healthier. It's that the guys are able to put in more of an effort. It's kind of funny how when you're not crushed with back-to-backs and crushed with COVID that maybe when the guys are able to do the things that Brad Stevens wants, Brad Stevens starts to look like a good coach, a better coach. People who came along and said, Brad Stevens lost this team. How do you feel about that right now? Because what happened in this game? Brad Stevens decided... Hey, we're going to start switching everything because we've been sending two to the ball. We've been trying to double and it's just not working. It's not working for us. We've got to start switching and the switching worked. And why did that work? It's not that Brad Stevens suddenly figured out that he could make adjustments. It worked because the players did it. And why have I been saying all along, don't put the blame or the, put it all on the coach. It's on the players. The play, if the players do things, then everybody looks good. And now the players are healthy enough and the the strain of everything isn't so crushing that they get down on themselves. Like they they are actually like pushing forward and plowing through adversity in these games. Maybe they've had their own come to Jesus moment. When the players do things well, then the coach looks good. But if you think like I, somebody mentioned, I forget where, where, what comment where, oh, this was Brad Stevens' best coached game all season long. Do you think that Brad Stevens only just figured out how to coach? You think like he only just like, oh, wow, Brad Stevens finally started making adjustments. Really? You don't think Brad Stevens has been making adjustments this whole time? You don't think Brad Stevens has been trying everything that he could this whole time? Like, this is the best coach game he's had? Why is this the best coach game that he's had? And I guess Perk said it on the, on the post-game show. Why is this the best coach game that he had? Because the players did it. The players performed. And when the players don't perform, it's on the players. When the players do perform, Brad didn't pull any magic hat, magic out of a hat. The players just did it. 
So it's not that he lost his team before and now that he's found he hasn't found them again. It's the same stuff. Everything is the same except they don't have a ton of back-to-back going on right now. They have a little bit of continuity. They're getting a little bit of rest because they've got more good players around because now they've got Tristan back and Romeo back, and they don't have to play Aaron Neesmith in the middle of a game. They don't have to try to find a ton of minutes for you know whomever. They don't have to bring in like, – like Luke Cornett has been okay, but the, you don't have to go to him. Peyton Pritchard is used uh, sparingly. Shimmy Ojale is used sparingly. Grant Williams is used in the right role, not in the wrong role because of health. Like, when you can actually use players the way they're supposed to be used in the position that they know well, and when you have a guy coming off the bench in Romeo Langford that has good instincts because he was a damn good basketball player and he was a lottery pick, like, when you can do all of those things, it's funny how things work out better when you don't have to go double big because your team has three bigs that all decide that that all need minutes and you don't want to piss one of them off because you know you're going to need everybody so you have to find a way to make everybody happy now one of them is gone now I didn't want it to be Daniel Tice but one of them is gone and you have the other two and you can figure it out with those other two when you don't have to create a lineup that you're like, well, Tatum and Brown are good enough to hopefully figure it out. Like all of a sudden, the ball is moving a little bit more. Like it's not rocket science. I've been trying to tell people this from the beginning. It's not that Brad has changed a damn thing about his coaching. This game is not the best coached game that he's had all season. It's the same damn game that he's coached all season. I guess what maybe that timeout that he that he called at three and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Like that may, maybe does, I don't know. I'm, I'm grasping at straws. The adjustments on defense, he's made adjustments on defense. He's done all of this stuff, but he didn't lose his team. His team was just decimated and down on themselves and reacting poorly to the adversity. But now that the adversity is a little bit lifted, they're kind of getting past that stuff. And this none of this excuses the guys for reacting poorly because they did react poorly to the adversity. Like all of the, the negative things that I've said and the, and, and the things that they have done wrong, that all still stands. But it's just funny, isn't it? When the situation changes a little bit and suddenly guys are playing better. All right, I've gone way too long on this podcast, so I'm going to wrap it up right there. So thank you for listening. Hopefully you stuck around this long. I really appreciate you doing so. Lots to talk about after a game like this. So, uh, But normally it's about a half an hour show, maybe 40 minutes. I shouldn't be pushing it out this long. So thanks for listening. If you're a new new listener, please subscribe. Regular listeners, please, uh, five-star rating, good written review would be amazing. Share the podcast too, please. Tell everybody that they should listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.